podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with Forged Irish Stout and Empire Fight Store. Eduardo, how are we, Geese? Big grin on your face. Dublin fight week underway. I had eight hours of sleep last night. I had a big session in the gym. Was on the old Ryanair this morning, 9am. Bosh, we're here in Dublin. Unbelievable turnout already ahead of this media workout. And can't wait for the show on Saturday. Atmosphere is going to be insane. The arena is sold out. We're live on the zone. We're smashing it up in Dublin. Then we're going to Belfast next week. Then we're going to San Francisco. Then we're going to Phoenix. And then we're going to Saudi Arabia. And then it's Christmas time, baby. But until then, it's a show a week. And it is what we do. And it's what we love. And it's what we're great at. More motherfuckers. Sorry. <laughs> what a start. Yeah, I know, indeed. Um, two things to pick up on. One, Ryanair. You don't strike me as a man to go Ryanair. You lot. You know, when I was on Ryanair today, geezer came to me and went, oh, you're travelling with the paupers. I'm like, mate, do you know how many times I've flown Ryanair? I reckon I've taken well over 100 Ryanair flights in my life. Well over 100. How do you think I get to A to B? Not PJs, much. baby. Listen, what, why would I get on a PJ, right? This is what you have to start understanding. Why would I spend 25 grand on a plane when I can hop on Ryanair for a nifty? Everyone thinks like that when they got the old uh, earn with her. Frank Smith takes the piss out of me. He goes, "You're, he goes, you're, you're so tight." He goes, "You're weird in the head thinking like that. Why don't you just get the private plane?" I went, "Because I don't think it's value." You know what I mean? Now listen, if I want to go and have a few days in Italy or maybe Sicily, drop a little PJ down, possibly, <laughs> but not day-to-day stuff. I'm taking three or four flights this week everywhere, back and forward to London, and you know, Ryanair all day long, baby. Charge me 30p to use a toilet. You know that. TP. No, Say that would have been something. Uh, I owe you a thanks because my face is all over TikTok because the boys on the old Sidemen podcast. I mean, what's going on? It's scenes. Hey, I'm sitting in the Sidemen studio. I mean, you know, obviously a little bit tactical for me. New audience. Well, not new audience, but you know. And then all of a sudden, you pop up on the big screen for like one minute, going, "Oh yeah, the thing is with Eduardinho, you know." Um, you know, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, sometimes wears the Jordan. You know, I have to tell him he's a 44-year-old man. It's like, you know. Slightly set up. Numbers are big. How many numbers does that do, the sidemen? Do you know, like. So the clips where we're speaking about myself, combined. Which are the only ones you met? Of course, obviously. Three plus million. Followers are flying. Have you been, are you popular around here? couple here and there little like all right mate you know just pay homage to the irish uh let's talk about it katie taylor is here it's a real big one for her for the first time in her career she ring walks first um all the pressure on her but she doesn't really seem phased as of what we've seen so far uh, look all the pressure on yeah she will ring walk first but she'll also be an underdog for the first time in her career you know and i think she'll be a little bit less willing i think this week to really give her time you know, I think um, last time it was the homecoming. She did so much media. I mean, the ring walk alone was, what, five minutes? Do you know what I mean? And I think this time she'll be doing limited media, sleeping well, just getting ready to put everything on the line on Saturday night. She needs a massive performance. She will be better than last time, no doubt. But so will Chantel Cameron. She's full of confidence. You know, she really believes she can win this fight by stoppage on Saturday night. And I think she'll do everything she can to try and force that stoppage. Um, 
it's going to be a thrilling fight. Last time was it was a great fight. Honestly, this time it will be an even better fight on Saturday night. We know that Chantel wanted the rematch at 135, not particularly in Dublin. She said she's got a bit of a chip on her shoulder. Everything's gone Katie Taylor's way again. We obviously know that marketability-wise, commercially, the fight does best in Dublin, but she's almost like more up for it. And I suppose last time she went into the fight thinking she could win, now she knows. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, Katie wanted the same terms as last time. She wants to try and become a two-division undisputed champion. Um, this is where we had to do it. It's Katie Taylor's third consecutive seven-figure sellout gate, which is incredible. Uh, shows her drawing power. Now Chantel Cameron's a big part of that. You know, there's an argument that she's pound for pound number one. And like I said, you're right. You know, last time she believed she could do it. She probably hoped she could do it. But now she knows she can do it, and that's going to make her even more dangerous on Saturday night. We'll run through of the undercard. Yeah, I mean Gary Cully's in a great fight. You know, don't forget, this atmosphere, you witnessed it last time, one of the best I think we've ever seen. And it was really a case of, you know, you got Katie Taylor and Gary Cully both got beat. And it was like, when Gary got beat, and it was like deflated, and then that's all right, we got Katie. And then Katie got beat, and it was like head in hand stuff. Now you've got both of them looking to come back from those defeats. Gary Cully's got a very tough fight against Reese Moult. You know, I think it's 18 and one against 19 and one. You know, Reese is full of confidence at the moment. They're looking at Gary Cully, thinking this is a great time to fight him. Look out for Paddy Donovan as well against Danny Ball. It's a tremendous step up. Yes, that. It's a massive step up for Paddy Donovan. A lot of people rate him very, very highly. Um, you know, and I think that's a very tough fight. Thomas Carty also on the card. Zelfa Barrett on the card. Sky Nicholson's got a really tough fight against Lucy Wildheart. If she wins that, she's going to be most likely ordered as mandatory challenger. Um, for Amanda Serrano, the, 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 one of the true greats of the sport. Um, and some great All-Irish action as well, earlier on in the night. Uh, of course as well, the professional debut of Vizioli, which is, you know, very exciting time for him. And looking forward to a great show, atmosphere, you know, undercard, main event, it's all on point. Going to get a cracker on Saturday night. We're now a week on from the madness that unfolded, the press conference, a day of reckoning, December the 23rd. When you sort of look back at how quickly things moved and sort of how things materialised and now recapping on sort of all the talk in the last week, what are your thoughts now? It was an unbelievable day, you know, it was a whirlwind. Like I said, a lot of that work had been done over a two, three day period of getting things done, of moving very quickly. You know, quite surreal sitting there with Frank and Dev and all these other promoters and just shows what can be done. Things have always got to be right, the opportunity's got to be there. But when you're kind of given those instructions and told to get on with it for the good of the sport and particularly the fighters, we can all do it. So it's an unbelievable card December 23rd and uh, looking forward to a massive finish to the year. What do you make of the criticism Anthony Joshua has received? Obviously quite vocal with Jarrell Miller and then obviously the little thing with Dev. But I don't know why you should get criticism for, you know, you can't really win. Sometimes he's too passive. He's a little bit boring in press conferences. All of a sudden someone says something and he wants to tear his head off. And now, oh, he's lost it. Oh, he's like, you know, the Dev stuff. I think Dev probably said something he didn't like. But also, don't forget, you know, and I, I, I like Dev, but Dev has coated Anthony Joshua for months and years, really. A lot of slide digs, a lot of criticism on social media. You can't just expect him just to be completely normal with that guy. But we get on with it. We're professional. And I thought it was a great press conference ahead of a, a massive night. Any update on the broadcasting situation yet for that one? No, that'll be announced soon. Obviously, uh, AJ has an exclusive deal with the zone, so uh, you know there'll be a big announcement soon.
Uh, the fight with Wilder is what we're sort of being thrown around. Is this the most realistic you believe the chances are of the fight happening in 2024? You no, know, I think people are saying, oh, why aren't they fighting on December 23rd? We had six weeks. The fight that we were approached for was Otto Wilder. But everybody knows the plan. You, you're stupid if you don't realise what Saudi Arabia are trying to do, we're trying to do, Deontay Wilder's trying to do. And if they both win on December 23rd, that fight for me becomes the biggest fight in the sport. So, fingers crossed, we've got to continue those discussions. But they've got to get the victories. And it's a tough fight for Anthony Joshua. Just five weeks out nearly. We saw the press conference for Tyson Fury versus Alexander Rusik. Uh, Tyson Fury, very animated. We know that he's a great seller and he's a great character and everything, but really, really giving it to Usyk. Usyk, obviously, we've seen a million times in the past, completely unfazed. What did you make by it all? I mean, some people are saying he's a bit rattled. You know, obviously, he's getting a lot of criticism after the Ngannou fight. Maybe some kind of uh, mind games, maybe... I don't know. Listen, I thought it was very entertaining. I mean, if that's your fighter, it's a very easy job as a promoter to go and, and let him talk, and that's what he does. So, you know, I think he did a good job to kind of diffuse the Ngannou talk because everyone was talking about what he was saying there or his behaviour there. So, you know, I thought it was a good performance from Tyson Fury. Who wins that fight? I think Tyson Fury. You know, I mean, look, there are a lot of signs that he might be in decline after that Ngannou fight. But if he's back to his best, you know, if he is firing on all cylinders, I do expect him to win that fight. Where are we at with Chris Eubank Jr. and Conor Ben? We know that sort of the January or early February date is only sort of nine, ten weeks away. How close are you to getting a decision? Is this fight still happening? I'm not going to talk too much on it because it gets a bit boring. But just know that we're uh, it's an absolute top priority for us. You are right, time scale wise. You know, I think the next week is kind of the period it needs to get done. Otherwise, we need to look at other opportunities. So um, everybody's working very hard round the clock to make that fight. There was some rumours circulating about a potential uh, international approach for that. Obviously, Saudi Arabia is the thing that comes up every time when we hear about these international approaches. Would that be sort of a January time? How would that fit in with the Riyadh season calendar? Yeah. We've had a couple of approaches to do the fight internationally, but for me, as I've said before, I want to do it in the UK. You know, and if the opportunity comes up for the fighters, of course we'll look at it, but the plan is still Tottenham Hotspur February the 3rd. How close are you to getting that announced? And you're happy to clash with Aziz Boatsy. I know it won't be a problem, for, but like I've sort of felt with no, I know, but I sort of felt like with the announcement, they may have had an inkling that you weren't going on that day. They'll, if we go February the third, they'll be moving their show. So, um, but let's see what happens. I don't want to say it's 80%, it's 90%. It gets boring. We we want to make sure that we get this fight made, and um, we'll, we'll work away as quietly as we can whilst giving you daily updates. <laughs> Just a few more quick ones. Uh, Frank Warren, I said to my son George at one stage, maybe we should push Eddie Hearn in the broom cupboard, lock the door and not let him out. But common sense prevail. It's all quite nice between the two of you all of a sudden. It's quite, you know, he was very pleasant. You know, I mean, George, George was like the parent in a situation. He was almost like, right, come in, right, meet Frank, you know, you two stop it and just, just be nice for a couple of days, you know. And actually, look, I, I think that I always back myself that away from the, you know, um, away from the clickbait, away from the odd one lines that you guys put up, that if you spend time with me, you think I'm all right. And probably the same for him. So, listen, he's got a great spot here. We've got a great spot and opportunity. We just don't want to mess it up for us and our fighters. And I think it's almost like a, it was like a, listen, I know we don't particularly like each other, but let's forget about it and just crack on. And it's quite refreshing, I thought.
What did you make of his spat with Adam Cattrall? Frank Warren spat. I thought, you know, I was on TalkSport yesterday and they were saying how you know, it was out of order to Adam Cattrall. Not really, I mean, look, I've raised points with Adam Cattrall before off air when he said something that I don't agree with. I think he says a lot of things that I don't agree with. I think he missed so many opportunities in that debate to actually get his points across because what he's really saying was through that period of, you know, um, from that period of Dillian Wyatt up until, well, now, he hasn't really, you know, he boxed Chisora and like, he didn't really do a lot. But Frank kind of missed that that part out, you know. And um, I think that if you are going to be so opinionated, as Adam Cattrall is, when the opportunity comes up to debate the situation, you've got to be able to do it. And he didn't do it. But also, you can't just do that on TalkSport. There are other platforms out there, you know, TalkSport, you know, IFL just kind of dragged him into a debate. Well, you've got your opinion, debate it. And actually, he missed the opportunity on so many occasions to debate it effectively. But it was also stuck on him, and it, it's not really his world. Like, before he knows it, he's, like, being, not intimidated, but, you know, he was a bit, you know. But I did find it quite amusing. Alicia Baumgartner's put out a statement. It's left boxing fans a little bit confused because there's still no real sort of assessment or analogy from any of the, the bodies or anything. It's sort of her verdict. I mean, what, what, what did you make of it? Of course, all these you know situations have to go through a hearing and a, a commission, which in this situation is the Michigan Commission. And we're waiting from them to tell us what they're going to do. So she's obviously got her case that's been put forward to the Michigan Commission and to the governing bodies. Someone has to make a decision. Do you know what I mean? Whether that's in a hearing, whether that's in an arbitration, whether that's for a governing body or for a commission. So we wait on that, really. Edward finally served Josh Taylor, Jack Cattrall, Jack Cattrall, Josh Taylor, however you want to word it. Any closer? What sort of? Are you, are you still no, intent really. to make that fight? No, not really. Um, initial conversations, but nothing to report just yet. Edward, as always, thank you for your time. Cheers, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.